Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Holy Spirit, we invite you in these moments to come and speak to us through your word. Jesus, let your name be glorified and lifted high. And may our hearts and lives be transformed by the surgeon's knife. That you alone, God, are the surgeon that cuts away the parts of us, our flesh. That your word of God is the sword. Sharper than two-edged sword, it cuts between the spirit and between the flesh. And God, we open our hearts to you, the ultimate surgeon. Say, come into your work. like his presence amen well as we stay in this moment I just want to ask you to take your seats and uh, there's something sweet about a piano the keyboard in this case playing such a beautiful and sweet sweet sound and the same thing takes place when I hear the sound of rain on the roof same thing happens when I hear the sound of children playing, when I hear the birds of the air, I'm reminded of a God who created all that, but yet still cares for me and for my world and my space. Don't ever get tired of the presence of God. Don't ever become familiar with it. Oh, that's the slow song. That's the fast song. Here we go. Find a place. Just, just sit. Download the Numa Worship album. <laughs> Game changer, hey John. Oh, my. The presence of God is so tangible. I want you to play through my whole message, but if you do that, we're gonna, I'm going to end up on my face and we ain't going to get nowhere. <laughs> hey, why don't you give it up for our worship team as they take their seats. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you. There are sweet sounds in life. And then there are sounds that are torturous, like the sound of a microphone doing its terrible thing where you're all like, oh, would someone fix that? Those sounds? Yeah. Yeah? yeah? And you know, the interesting thing is, annoying sounds really get the best of me. It's like a little pet peeve. Not the sound for the sound, guys. I mean, pet peeve as in sound in general. I, I literally, I struggle with the idea of really bad sounds or annoying sounds. So I decided to look it up and see what sounds were the most annoying sounds. Do you want to know what they are? Yeah. All right. One is a knife on a bottle. Yeah. One is a fork on a glass, a little bit similar. One is a, is a chalkboard, chalk on chalkboard when teachers write on the chalkboard. One is a ruler on a bottle. These are the top ten. Nails on a blackboard. 
Legitimately. Not sure if it sounds like nails on the block or a dinosaur coming at you from Jurassic Park, but you know. Nails on a chalkboard. A female screaming can be a torturous sound. An angle grinder. You know the Bible says that uh, a quarrelling woman or a woman who complains so much is like a dripping tap. That's annoying. Sorry, I just had that come to me as I was standing there. Um, a squealing, squealing brakes on a car. Have you ever had a car come past you and they're like, and you're like, Ugh. or the fan belt making a squealing noise? These are some of the noises that annoy me, but these were in the top 10 list of noises. But then there's the most pleasant sounds. Pleasant sound is an applause. That can make someone feel happy pretty quick, couldn't it? Yeah? Then there's a the sound of thunder is a pleasant sound. Now, to kids, sometimes that can be torturous, but for many adults, it's a therapeutic sound. The same as water running. You go into, like, those remedial places to relax, and there's, like, water flowing in the background. No? Just me? Okay. The next one that I really enjoy is a child's laughter. Now, I literally had my nephew, who has the best laugh, and seven years ago... I actually recorded it on a voice memo in my phone so that when I was having a bad day or there was something that was really annoying me and I just needed to be cheered up, when I was over in America and separated from my family, I could hear my nephew's laugh. The sound of a child laughing is joyous. Makes me really happy. <laughs> that sound, it just made me happy. Yeah. It's a beautiful sound. But you know that sound has an effect on matter. Yeah. When we worship here, it's not just singing the top 10 latest Christian songs. We're posturing ourselves with a sound of worship to bring praise and adoration to a God who actually doesn't need us, but enjoys us bringing worship to Him. And when we posture ourselves before God, there is a sound that comes out of our life. There's a sound that radiates off our lives. Sound has an effect on matter. You look at the walls of Jericho. How did they fall down? People walked around the walls seven times. At the end of it, they gave a big shout of praise and walls of Jericho come tumbling down. Now, for you who don't know your Bible, go home, read it. It's a good book and it's got great stories like that one that you can read later. Change your life. But literally, walls fell down because of the impact of sound on matter. And God takes sound and it reverberates through our lives and has an effect on those who are around us. When God first spoke into being, He spoke and there was light. He spoke and there was day and night. He spoke and there were animals. He spoke and created man. The effects on sound, creator of heaven, created matter, and it has an effect on matter. 
And the beautiful thing is this, that there is a sound that resounds from your life, from my life, from our lives. And if we look to 1 Thessalonians chapter, seven, um, sorry, chapter 1, verses 2 through to 8, we're going to read here about the Thessalonian people. They are a church that Paul is pastoring and Paul goes to them and encourages them from this word. As he encourages them, he comes at them with this statement from verse two, we're gonna pick it up. We give thanks to God always for all of you constantly, mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before God and our Father, your work of faith, your labour of love, your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and the Holy Spirit with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you. And you became imitators of us and the Lord. For you had received the word in much affliction and with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you might be so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia in and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. Paul is saying to these people that the sound that radiated off their life, resounded off their life, was so much of an impact that they needed not to say anything about the good news of Jesus Christ. Hello. Hang on a sec. Did you catch that? Paul, the preacher of preachers, the writer of the epistles. Like the dude is legit gun. If you want someone to preach, it was Paul. Like right now, some of you might be thinking, I wish Corey was preaching. That's okay. I'm good with that. But this dude was legit the best. Like he, he was the best of the best in bringing the good news of Jesus Christ. He articulated it so brilliantly that you and I still get to read and partake of this every single day. And yet he says, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not to say anything. Hold the phone. If all I had to do is get up here and encourage you to go out and share the good news and you did it, we'd never have to say it again. But I, like you, need reminding. I need reminding and encouraging. See, there's a sound that's on your life. Okay, last week I had a dude come around to my house. He came to fix a part of my bench. Part of my bench was chipped off by a jar that hit it on the grocery bag on the way up. I'm too little, so like just... Just clipped the edge of the bench, chipped off a piece. He came around to fix it. He's in my house. I've waited for about six months for this guy to come to my house. He finally arrives. He's sitting there and I'm like, can't wait for that to be done. I've got to get back to work. Let's do the business stuff that I've got to do and let's go. God says in the middle of my moment of writing emails and getting documents ready for the next appointment, he says, put, your, put it away, put your laptop away. You need to engage him. I'm like, God, I don't have time. You know, I've got this interview. And he's like, no, 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 stop. I'm like, Oh, God. Now, look, I'm the evangelist. Yes, I'm human. Yes, 
you've been there. You've done the same thing. And I had that moment where I was like, I had a decision to make. Do I close the laptop or do I just do what I need to do? Because we get a choice in those moments. In that moment, I put down my laptop and I engaged the guy in a conversation, started to talk to him and unpack with him his story. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Do you enjoy what you do? How long have you been doing this for? He tells me, for the last 25 years, me and my brother have owned a business. It was amazing. It was incredibly um, fruitful, is probably the only word I can describe right now. Uh, He was blessed. But a part of the, okay, a little insight. My bench isn't full stone. It's like fake stone. So it means that it's got this product in it called silicon, which means that if cut and sanded the wrong way or whatever, it brings off a dust. That dust goes off into your lungs, causes scarring on your lungs, and it can lead to a debilitation of your lung capacity. This guy tells me that every month, every 12 months, sorry, in their industry, it is mandatory for them to have testing. He goes in, has his test, comes out. Yes, you've got silicosis. Silicosis. You've got 82% lung function. He's telling me this story. I'm like, dude, that's terrible. He's got two daughters. He can't do one, one more than one job a day. He comes in and just does little repairs. He's no longer in the industry. Had to give it all away, walk away from his business. Work cover wouldn't cover him. He went to the project show. That got work cover into gear. Then they started covering him. But he literally lost everything as a result. He's unpacking his story and I'm like, wow. That's, 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 that's tough. And in that moment, God's like, now. I said, look, this, this might sound really crazy. I said, but I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe that Jesus came, lived and died and rose again, that we could have life and that he actually showed us the pattern of healing on earth. And so I believe in healing. So would you mind if I prayed for you? He's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Now, when I said, would you mind if I prayed for you? You know, many of us are like, yeah, I'll pray for you at home. My Jesus time over here. Because that's easy, right? It's almost like awkward if you're like, just like, can I pray for you? Like, do I touch you? Do I, do I, not, do I just stand here? Do we just do this? Do we, what, what do we do? Come on, you're, all, you're the same as me, right? Come on, seriously. And in that moment, I knew that God was like, you need to pray for him now. But he was busy standing and doing all his bits and pieces. And I was like, stand back from the dust. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> anyway, let him do his thing, finish it off. He's got his bags ready to go, packed up, two red bags under his arms. And I said, look, would you mind if I prayed for you right now? He put down his bags and he said, I would love that. And I was like, oh, mate. Imagine if I had to let that go. He was just waiting to be asked. Just waiting. So literally I prayed for him, prayed a very simple prayer, nothing too great, put my hand out, thought that was awkward, put it back, had a moment. And literally just stood there and prayed a prayer with him. And I had so much faith to believe that God was going to do a miracle. But you know what surprised me? His faith was greater than my faith. Because all I did was tell him about all the different stories about the miracles that are happening here. This person started walking. This person could see. They were blind. They could see. This person started hearing. They were deaf. They couldn't hear. Now they can hear. I started telling him one miracle after another miracle after another miracle. And he had faith to rise in his heart. He ain't saved. He had faith rising. And in that moment shared with him who Jesus was, prayed with him. And as I walked him out the door, I said, mate, I honestly believe that you're going to see a change. When you go back for your next CT result and your lung function test, I believe you're going to see a change. You're going to go from 82% to 85%, from 85% to 90%. I unpack with him. The sto- oh, look, I haven't got enough time for that. But I unpack a story. Jesus prayed for the dude twice so I could see. Remember that dude? Yeah. 
I unpack that so he knew that it wasn't like if it didn't happen now, that means that God failed. No, 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 God can do it. He will do it over time. Whatever it looks like, God's in it. And so like he literally then was like, yep. And he walked to the left with me and he said to me, he goes, yep, I will. You'll be the, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> Come on. Two hours later, he sent me a bill via the text message and said to me on the text message, here's the details of my bank account, blah, blah, blah. And I just wanted to say thank you for what you did for me today. And in that moment, I was just like, dang, God, you are so good. But I could have missed that moment. See, there's a sound radiating off our life, but we get to decide whether we press mute or turn it up. We get to decide. We get to decide. And the thing is, in this passage of Scripture, the sound that resounded from these people was the sound of faith, the sound of hope, the sound of love, and the sound of grace. Because it said in verse, um, in verse 6, it says that they welcomed this message. The gospel message is a message of grace. And it says then they went on and that they shared this message of grace. See, the word resounded in this passage of Scripture literally is the word, the Greek word echo, echo, which means to make a noise, to roar like that of a sea, like that of thunder. And the Amplified Version puts it like this, for the word has resounded from you and has echoed like thunder. My question to you tonight is, did you mute it or are you turning it up? Are you muting it or are you turning it up? Because I believe that we have a generation that there is a sound resounding out of them that the enemy wants to put on mute, but God wants to see it go forth in where it meant to go and to impact the lives of people and to see change and transformation happen. You know, I am only reminded as I think about this incredible message of grace, this incredible sound of grace, how uh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound Amazing grace. What is grace? The first sound in the garden after Adam and Eve had sinned. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. This is the sound that's meant to resound off our lives. It's meant to be the sound that resounds off a church. It's meant to be the sound that resounds off every believer. And I've got to tell you today, there's a sound of grace that God is wanting to unlock in you. When they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden, it was transformation that took place. Because they didn't hear the sound of judgment. They didn't hear the sound of an unkind God. They didn't hear the sound of a harsh father. They didn't hear the sound of disappointment. They heard the sound of the Lord in the garden. It's a sound of grace. And when He came to them, He said to them, Where are you? Now, Jesus, God, sorry, God knew where they were. Did anyone think that God lost his brain for a moment? Like, Adam, Adam, where are you? Like, I lost you. No, 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 no. He knew exactly where they were. What he was trying to do was to get them to figure out where they were. Where are you at? Where are you at? He wanted them to see themselves and understand spiritually where they were. They were separated from God because of their sin. 
But the sound that radiated from God was not the sound of harsh rebuke. It was the sound of a loving father who had grace upon grace upon grace. The second question, he said, who told you that you were naked? He questioned their mindset because their mind had been polluted by the enemy. And their body, they became aware of their nakedness and their shame. And all of a sudden, they had a new level of understanding in which guilt and shame took over. And then Jesus asked them, did you eat of the tree? Jesus knew that they ate of the tree, but he had to deal with the emotions of what they'd done. Had to deal with the soul realm of what was happening there. Because he had already addressed the spirit. Where are you? You're away from me. What separates me from you is sin. But then the beauty of this, the law of first mention, is where Jesus comes in. He takes a lamb. He kills it. He skins it. And he clothes them and fixes their mistake. This is the sound, the resounding sound of grace. Resounding sound of grace. And you know, it didn't change because in the New Testament, when Jesus came, it says in John chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, that Jesus came in grace and truth. What's the sound of your life? Is it the sound of grace and truth? Or is it the sound of truth with no grace? It's not one or the other, it's both. But grace always precedes truth. Jesus, in the most ultimate way, comes as the most ultimate Lamb of God in John chapter 1, verse 29. And it says that Jesus came to take away the sins of the world, that He was the Lamb of God. Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. The picture of grace, Jesus In man's image, walking on the earth as a man, the picture of grace to take away sin. See, grace is the sound of Jesus. Grace is the sound of God. Grace is the sound of the Thessalonian church. And grace is to be our sound. It's to be our sound. See, grace was the sound when Jesus walked on the earth and He said to the leper man, what do you want from me? And rather than just answer his prayer and give him healing, he touches him and extends grace to someone whom he should never have touched. See, grace always goes above and beyond. Grace when it came to the paralysed man. And Jesus has the four, four dudes rip the roof off and drop this guy down in front of Jesus. And Jesus in that moment looks at him and says, what do you want? I want to get well. I want to, I want to walk. He says, well, rise up, pick up your mat. Your sins are forgiven also. There was forgiveness attached with the picture of healing because God is a God of grace. And that's to be the sound that drops off our life. And I'm reminded again of the woman who was caught in an act of adultery in John chapter 8, verse 1. She's thrown before these people where they could have, they were there to stone her. But Jesus did not give her what she deserved according to the law, but he gave her mercy and compassion and grace. And see, compassion and mercy and forgiveness are shown by the person who has their power and the authority to punish or to harm that person. 
And Jesus held back the punishment from her. He said, he is without sin, throw the first stone. They all walk away and he turns and says to her, is there not anyone here? There was someone there. Jesus was there. He was pure. He was innocent. He had every right to stone her, but he didn't. It was a sound of grace. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, but grace is getting what you did not deserve at all. Grace is our sound. And I don't know if you've ever experienced a really bad Christian. I apologise on their behalf. I still don't understand why Jesus uses us to carry the mission to the ends of the earth. We fail so many times, but yet He is so gracious that He continues to use us over and over and over and over again. He is so patient with us. I don't know about you, but I've, I've, seen, bad, I've seen Christians act badly. And it, I, I just cringe. But you know what's worse? I've been a Christian who act badly. And I'm probably looking at a group of people who have behaved badly too. Sometimes our sound isn't grace when it should be. Sometimes our sound is selfish. Sometimes it's mean. Sometimes it's reactive. Sometimes it's angry. Sometimes it's self-righteous. Sometimes it's impatient. And sometimes it's downright judgmental. And sometimes it's self-focused. Sometimes it's spiteful. Sometimes it's me-centred. Sometimes it's unkind. And sometimes it's uncaring. And a cry of my heart is always, God, forgive me for where I've missed up, where I've missed it, where I've blown it, and give me grace to not do it again. The reality is we all live with a need for EGR. What's EGR? Sounds like a medical term. It's an acronym that I like to use, extra grace required. (laughs) Have you ever met an extra grace required person? (laughs) You're like, oh Lord. (laughs) Now, we've all been there. But I too was once an extra grace required person. And I want to express to you today what grace sounds like. Grace sounds like patience, kindness, graciousness, compassionate, loving, caring, gentle, integrous, merciful, others-focused, truthful, friendly, and encouraging. And all of these words are just so easy to be like, yeah, that just sounds very Christian. It's all easy to actually have to put it in an application into practice. Yes, I can be kind. I can be downright horrible. Just being honest. I fall short all the time. Dr. Mike said it brilliantly. Taught us today that if you can have a dumb moment with Greek or whatever it was, and it was like, it was past tense and it was present tense. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's not past tense, that's present tense. We all fall short. See, the thing is, is that people will hear your words, but they will feel your attitude. Wow. Really good. Really good. There's a sound resounding off your life. What's your sound? Come on. Come on. What's your sound? 
There's two things that I believe that we can do to ensure that the sound of our life is the sound of grace. And firstly, that it is to follow Jesus. My prayer every night is, God, show me where I messed up, where I missed it, so I don't miss it tomorrow. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Help me to keep my mouth shut. Because sometimes that's needed. Follow Jesus and let your life be the sound wave to the rhythm of grace. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Excel in the act of grace. Excel in the act of grace. Secondly, allow the Holy Spirit to retune, reconfigure, re-equalise your life to the rhythm of grace. Now, you would have noticed that there was a very strong challenge with sound from this microphone tonight. I told you it was part of the message. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord. But it had to be re-equalised. It had to be reconfigured. It had to, to be retuned in order to bring the right sound out without distracting you. And so often we need to apply ourselves to God and to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, would you retune me? Would you reconfigure me? God, would you equalise my life so that it doesn't sound like an annoying sound that drives everyone else crazy, but it would be tuned to the rhythm of grace? Colossians 3.12 says that we're to clothe ourselves in mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. It's the Holy Spirit that brings these things out of us. It's our personal devotion to pursue God and say, God, change me into your image. Question, what do you, what sound are you giving off? What sound do people hear when they see you coming? And will our sound be missed if we weren't here? You ever heard the question of, does a tree still make a sound if it falls and no one's there to hear it? The thing is, sound's not just sound because you can hear it. Sound exists because it has an effect. Yes, sound can still be felt, heard. The ripple effects of that are massive. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Save the wretch like me. As the band come back, I'm going to ask you to stand. I don't for one second want any of you to feel judged, condemned in any way, form or shape by what I've talked about tonight because all of these messages have been a message to me before they're a message to you. I too have been challenged about what is the sound of my life. Not just once, but on many occasions. And as I look across the room tonight, there is a sound radiating off your life. I was recently at a wedding and in that wedding, at the end, because COVID, you know, like you can't dance right now, so there wasn't a dance session, but there was a worship session at the end. I'm pretty confident that they still would have had a worship session, even if you could dance, because that's the type of people they are. But I tell you what, whew, presence of God in that place, 50, 60 people, small room, finishing a moment on worship, now the whole wedding reception place, they got to watch 
the whole night, heard all the speeches, heard all the Jesus talk, the God talk, the prayer, the this, the that. But what they feel is our attitude. What they feel is the sound that's radiating from our life. It didn't matter what we said. But I tell you what, when we sang and we began to worship the God that we had talked about all night, all of a sudden, they saw something they could not escape. They all stood watching carefully what was happening at the wedding as there was this sound of worship. Can I tell you, it was the sweetest sound. As voices just echoed song after song after song, probably a good 15 and 20 minutes, just gave up worship before God and it, it was just a keyboard and when the keyboard cut out, it was just the voices and it was just the presence of God that just, it was tangible and it was real. And that had an effect on the people that were in that building that night. But it also had an effect on me. Why? Because we are attracted to the presence of God because we were made to worship. There's a sound. There's a sound of revival coming off this house. There's a sound of healing coming off this house. There's a sound of miracles and signs and wonders coming off this house. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it by getting caught up in having my own sound and my own justifications for the reasons why I have that sound. I want to lay it all down and say, God, let the sound of grace be my life. Let the sound resound from me that it so impacts people, the places, the streets, the shops, the gyms, the places I go to, that they would experience the resounding sound. See, people are attracted to nice sounds. Just at the gym the other day, we were there, we worked out on Saturday morning. And the person who was at the gym asked us what we were doing that night. And I recognised what was going on. She was looking for an invitation to come hang out. There was a sound that she wanted. She wanted more of. She wanted it so much she was willing to hang out outside of work hours. See, because there's a sound that resounds off your life and there's a sweet sound, the sound of the presence of God in and over your life. People want it. People want it. We're going to catch up. We're going out for dinner. She couldn't do it that night. We made some alternative arrangements between now and the time I got to text her. We're going to hang out. And I believe the sound of my life, the sound of our lives as friends who go to the gym, it's going to have a ripple effect. The question is, to you and to me, I ask of myself before I ask of you, is what areas of my life do I need retuning, reconfiguring, re-equalising? Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, 
turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.